Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Another week has come and gone. Hope everybody had an amazing weekend. Welcome to episode 57 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Tennessee as Brooke Reigns of Fury Fast Pitch 2024 Gooden takes home the honors. Brooke hit a whopping 833 with two doubles, three home runs, and 10 RBIs this past weekend at the Triple Crown FC Nationals in Alpharetta, Georgia. Awesome job, Brooke. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with California Golden Bears alum, Athletes Unlimited athlete, and Hawaiian native, Kamalani Dung. Kama has had a fantastic career to date, as she won 2017 All-Mountain West First Team Honours to go along with Mountain West Pitcher of the Year that same season while attending Fresno State, and then going on to be named to the All-Pac-12 Second Team and NFCA All-Region Third Team while playing with the California Golden Bears in 2019. She also played in the inaugural season of Athletes Unlimited last summer. We're going to talk to Kama about getting her start in the game in her home state of Hawaii, how she taught herself to pitch, giving her the YouTube pitcher moniker, her time with Fresno State and the University of California, as well as her time with Athletes Unlimited last season in Chicago. This was such a fun interview with such a fantastic individual from the game of softball. Trust me when I say we'll be hearing the name Kamalani Dung, whether it's on or off the field for years to come. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes, anything goes, anything goes. Here we go. Kama, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know that I went through a little hiccup to try and get on here, but thanks. <laughs> we got through, though. How's, yes. how's things going down in Hawaii? Oh, my gosh. So far, so good. Today's a little rainy, but it's been beautiful here. It's been nice um, just taking a break from life and softball and kind of just being out here and enjoying time with the family. Right on. It, isn't it always nice there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Even our worst days is, are still beautiful. Yeah. So you're from Waianae, correct? Yep. Born and raised on the west side of Hawaii, um, Waianae, but currently living out in Kapolei, still on the west side, but probably around like 20 minutes away from where I used to live and where I grew up. Okay, right on, right on. So what's been on the go for you since AU ended last summer? 
oh my gosh, there's been a billion things going on um, right now. I've been traveling around. I've been working. Um, I work as an account executive um, on my free time when I'm not training or whatever else I may be doing mm -hmm. uh, that's softball related and like um, anything along those lines. And I work in kind of like the sponsorship, athlete sponsorship side of things. Oh, right on. So I've been doing, yeah, so I've been doing a lot when it comes to like the business side of sports and kind of just learning that and um, it's been a down year because of COVID for everyone. Mm. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of learn something else, learn something on the business side of things, and then hop back into softball when it makes the most sense for me. Right on. So, is that is something you enjoy? Oh, 100%. It's so cool. Um, the, the company I work for is called Open Sponsorship. I mean, they're really awesome. They connect brands. So I've been on the phone with brands like HelloFresh. We have Walmart. We have Vitamin Shop, DraftKings, like huge brands all the way down to startups. And nice. we connect them with athletes of different levels. So we have people like LeBron James, Tiger Woods on the platform, all the way down to uh, very niche athletes, people who may not have a really big following. And it's just a really cool way to experience, um, helping, helping these athletes kind of grow their brand and do sponsorship deals. Right on. That's awesome. Actually, actually, that's a good segue into my next thing is about the, uh, I saw you did a recent news story with the, your home news team down there in Hawaii about the, the new nail rule that's been imposed in the NCAA. Um, mm -hmm, yeah. for our listeners that are unaware of this, it's new rule in which intercollegiate athletes can earn compensation from the use of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, what's your take on it? Long overdue, is it? Oh, definitely long overdue. Um, I think that when it comes to athletes, I mean, we've put in so much time and effort into our craft growing up. I mean, we miss opportunities to do internships, uh, traveling and just working out and perfecting our craft our whole lives. So I think that it's only right for athletes to kind of learn the business side of things too, and market themselves and learn how to brand and work with sponsors and kind of get that compensation, um, for all of their hard work on the field. So yeah, had, had up my news, uh, was on, on TV for the news with that, uh, tons and tons of college athletes have been reaching out, even professional athletes. Um, oh, really? everybody kind of, yeah, everybody kind of just wondering, um, how I do it, how, um, what I've learned, um, being on the, on the mm. business side of things. So definitely been, a huge, huge, um, storm of people coming through asking for help. So I'm going to try to get to as many people as I can in, in the upcoming months. Right on. Like I'm surprised it took this long actually. Cause I mean, there's been so many college athletes that deserve to, you know, market themselves and, and, and the NCAA is making a lot off of their image and their likeness and whatnot. So, I mean, I think this is a fantastic ruling. Oh, I, I completely agree. And I know it's going to be a grind for some of the smaller athletes. I know a lot of them thought that they were going to get their big break once uh, the rule went into f mm. effect July 1st. But I mean, that's really just not the reality of it. So, I mean, there's obviously going to be the top 1%, um, every quarterback at every college, mm -hmm. um, all of the big names, people with good followings, people who really just branded themselves over the years. Um and then there's going to be a drop off when it comes to the rest of the athletes, people who play D2, D3. I mean, there's been a ton of people reaching out asking for some help. And I feel like I'm in a really good place where I've done sponsorships on my own all of this time as an athlete mm -hmm. and found found really good success in kind of just building my brand coming from a small town in Hawaii that's like in the middle of nowhere. So definitely know what it feels like to have to put in the work and kind of reach out to these brands and 
what goes on on the backside of that. And then also on the business side. So, I mean, helping brands connect to these athletes and also helping brands um, at my current job I'm at with my executive role. So that's where I think there's a nice collision and a good place for me to to be of real help to all of these athletes. Right on. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, little thing we like to do before we get into your career and everything, little segment we call quick pitches on here. <laughs> I'm going to throw, a, cool. I'm going to throw 10 random questions to you. And Oh no, I'm not going <laughs> to Oh my God, you sound like Morgan from two weeks ago. I had Mor- Morgan <laughs> on here two weeks ago and she said the same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's one of my best friends. We go way back. Yeah. I could imagine. Um, we're both really bad at this. So okay. here I'm, we go. I'm throwing out 10. Here we go. <laughs> First one's easy. Okay. Best part of growing up in Hawaii? Oh, obviously the beach, the culture, the people, everything about um, Hawaii is just different from anywhere else I've been in the whole world. Right on. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, the superpower to grant wishes, and I could have unlimited oh, powers. That's freaking awesome. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> think about these things. Yes. Uh, what's your go-to jam? My go-to jam. Oh my gosh. That one caught me off guard. Right now it's Dancing in the Moonlight. I don't know what it is about that song, but it really just gets the party going. Nice. Nice. Uh, Biggest phobia? Biggest phobia? Probably heights. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've done some crazy stuff, but I'd say that's probably one of my biggest phobias as of right now. All right. Uh, If you could replay one game over again, what is it? Oh, that is such a good one. Ah, uh, I'd, I'd say it's probably a tie between our gold medal game, probably one of the Olympic qualifier games, mm-hmm. if we could replay and change a few things. Yeah. Or um, I, I really loved my senior year. We played number five U of A, um, Arizona, and they were on like a 21 game win streak, totally rolling everyone through the Pac-12 and preseason. And we went nine innings. I allowed no runs. And it was just like a complete shutout game. I used my drop ball, which I had just learned recently. So it was one of my favorite games for sure. Well, damn, that just took away one of my, I was going to talk about that game at the end, towards the end of the podcast. But. Oh, really? It's okay. <laughs> we can go, we can deep dive. We are definitely going to talk about it. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, where am I at? Oh, okay, there we are. Uh, biggest thing you missed from University of California? Ooh, probably the the university itself. I mean, it's just such a beautiful place. Um, being able to see the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge right across the water, it's definitely somewhere that's amazing, built different. Yeah, that, I like. I miss the people there too. Yeah, that'd be an unreal view. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. Best part of living in a bubble at AU last season. Oh, best part, probably my roommate. I got to roommate with Morgan again. We both went to Fresno State together my freshman year, and or both of our freshman years before we transferred away for a few years. So it was a nice reunion. And since we were stuck in a bubble, we were stuck together the whole time. And it was just unlimited fun the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I brought up the TikTok videos with Morgan. Oh, see. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, no. they were entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> We have to keep ourselves entertained. We couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. It'll totally be different this year, which uh, we'll we'll touch on that later on too. Um, What's one place you've never been before that you love to go to? No, one place I've never been. I would love to go to Australia or New Zealand. Yes. Totally agree with you on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh like all of them I, know. I don't know i feel like i feel like softball could get pretty dangerous yeah i think someone would get hurt <laughs> especially pitching yes i feel like i would probably get hit a few times but so maybe not softball but uh, maybe something something fun like i don't know dodgeball oh that'd be wicked that'd be awesome yeah uh okay last one if you were if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you've done? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much a wild card, so probably anything. <laughs> they, I don't think they would be surprised at all if I called them and said I got arrested. They'd be like, "Oh my god, like what for?" Yeah, oh, couldn't even guess. Yeah, uh, I figured that was that was a good one to end with. Uh, uh, that was a good one. <laughs> anyway, every. Uh, Every guest we have on here, that's usually how we start off the uh, talking about their career. Tell us when and where you got your start in the game. So fun. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you mean like go go way back? Or? Oh, yeah. Right back to when you started. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it started when I was young. Uh, I started pitching around the age of five. Wow. I started actually on a baseball team, T-ball. Uh, it was the best T-ball team in my area. So, the the boys were really good. There were just two girls on the team. And I think that I was only on the team because my parents were really popular in our hometown. So <laughs> <laughs> it was like a courtesy add on because I would run the bases the wrong way. I would be p playing with butterflies in the outfield. Like I was just really terrible if we're being quite honest here. <laughs> and then, and then I, I wanted to quit. And then my parents were like, Hey, I think you should make the switch over to softball. My, my papa was like really big in baseball. Um, really proud Puerto Rican. And I mean, he was just like a baseball fanatic, played baseball his whole life, umpired, did the whole thing. So they were like, we really want someone in the family to kind of go into baseball. So I kept with it, went into softball, um, found out that I was actually decently good at pitching. Uh, and then over the years, it was kind of just something that I worked at and something that I was extremely passionate about. I mean, most people don't know this, but um, I would actually do the pitching motion everywhere I would go. So I would be walking in the stores. I would be, um, just anywhere like shopping, grocery shopping, anything. I would be doing the pitching motion everywhere. And I must've looked like a crazy person. Like now that I'm reflecting back, but it, it your was parents, like, your parents, everybody asking your what is wrong with this girl right now? No. Yeah. I mean, my parents, I, I was like, you guys didn't feel like saying anything like maybe save that for at home or something. Yeah. Else. <laughs> but I mean, they really, they really supported me. I, I mean, uh, some people know the, the story of, um, once I decided to go full on into pitching, I mean, my parents would lock me outside, um, all day pretty much. And just force me to just throw at this target, which was on the side of our house and one of, uh, on the side of our shed. So I'd be throwing at the wood on our shed and I would just stay out there for hours and hours on end. Um, wouldn't even be allowed to do bathroom breaks or nothing. So, I mean, I guess when it comes down to things, the tough love was really necessary and, um, how, how, uh, how I developed really quickly. Um, but yeah, no yeah, choice. So I, <laughs> yeah, no choice. And I mean, I was, I was all for it. I, it was, it was my entire life. I loved mm -hmm. softball more than anything, played it every weekend, skipped on, on most of my childhood parties and all of that. I mean, I had all of my softball friends and it was just amazing there. Uh, slowly it got better and better. I would always play up on the older teams. Um, and started to kind of make a name for myself in Hawaii and then discovered that college was an option. I mm. mean, when I was 
probably at the age of middle school where most people were getting recruited, I didn't even, we, that didn't even cross our minds until I got to the high school age and people were kind of talking about college being an option and scholarships. And these were all cool things that we had never even thought of. So that's where I started to take it a little bit more seriously, got recruited to play on um, a California team, went up to California for the summers. And then that's kind of where things really started to take off where um, there, there's just like, so much that my family and everyone really put into the whole experience of it. I mean, we would go up during the summers, my half of my, my mom and my brother would stay home or vice versa. My dad and my brother would stay home Mm -hmm. and either me and my dad or me and my mom would be up in the mainland. I mean, Jocelyn Allo, she won player of the year last year. Uh, She was right alongside me, her, my dad and her dad, we were always together and we would live like, we would just rent out random houses with no furniture and just, sleep on air mattresses and kind of just like drive hours on end to go to these different training facilities and all of these different places. So, um, we really put in the time and effort into getting recruited and working really hard to be the best that we could. And then, yeah, ended up going through my high school career. Um, Ranked number one almost every single year. Won a few Island championships. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. Your your high school career, actually. Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah. Um, No, go into it. No, I I mean, your high school career. Your list of accomplishments would legit take me seven minutes to read off because I saw them. (laughs) But one thing stuck out to me: you won three Division One conference championships and were runner up in the other. What the hell happened on the runner up year? (laughs) <laughs> the runner up year, the runner up year in our division for the ILH. That was my freshman year, I think. So oh, okay, okay. That yeah, was... so I was still getting still getting the hang of things. <laughs> I, I wanted to bring up the uh what's the story on the YouTube pitcher moniker that you that you were given? So you learned oh, all man. your pitching from YouTube? Yeah, so that's a really fun wow. narrative that um people will just not let go of and it's pretty funny. <laughs> like someone will hear it and like run with it just for for miles. Um so it started off back when I was like way back in my story where I was talking about being locked outside of the house, um, <laughs> pitching at the side of my shed. Let's just throw it back to there. Yeah. Um I mean it wasn't a big thing in Hawaii for people to have like pitching coaches or anything like that. So what we would do when I was young, this is probably around the age of like 10, eight to 10, where, um, I would literally just watch YouTube videos with my dad and my mom and they would both kind of help me. And we were kind of just MacGyvering the whole thing. And it was crazy because when we went up to the mainland, we saw that people had like pitching coaches from the age of eight and like, all of these extensive amount of like coaches and drills and things that they've always been doing. And it was kind of funny because we just learned off of YouTube and online, we would just go online, watch random videos, watch people in person and kind of just copy the way that their body looked, the way that their arm looked. Um, so when I got to the mainland playing, um, during my high school years and living, living up there during the summer, fast forward, um, everyone was just wondering who is this random girl? We've never (laughs) seen her before. She's absolutely dominating and she looks terrible doing it. Like her mechanics are so wrong. The ball is doing the right thing. And everyone is, I mean, she's getting the outs, she's getting the strikeouts, she's getting the W's and Mm -hmm. she's doing great. But the mechanics, everyone's just like, why the mechanic, why are the mechanics like that? Like, why aren't, 
why is nothing correct? So that's where um, people started to say like, oh, she's very green. She learned off of YouTube. She's from Hawaii. She didn't have extensive pitching training. Um, she didn't have the same coach from when she was young. So that's kind of where the narrative started there. Um, and then people tried to say my real name, which is Kamalani. And in the mainland, that was a little long for people. Apparently, they couldn't say Kama either because that was my nickname. But they decided to just call me like either the Hawaii pitcher or the YouTube YouTube pitcher. So that's where the <laughs> name came from. And that's where it kind of stuck. And that's where um, the joke still still comes to today. <laughs> wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they, they couldn't say your name. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, tell us about the recruiting process. How, uh, how many schools did you visit? Yeah. So, um, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I, I started a little late, like I said, um, most people were looking at getting recruited. This was before the rule of junior year contact. All right. So back when I was playing, people were getting recruited in seventh grade, sixth grade, and I didn't go out to the mainland until like freshman year of high school. So little late that's where everyone was like where did this girl come from and a lot of people had some money tied up but i was getting a lot of interest and a lot of offers and coming from hawaii without any guidance i mean people were handing me their cards and we didn't know that you were supposed to take the card and call the person who handed it to you because they couldn't contact you first so these colleges were coming up to us and it would be big colleges little colleges whoever it may have been we had over 50 cards and we didn't call a single person. Wow. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody told us, nobody told us the rules. No, like we were kind of just, like I said, it yeah. was just a total right place at the right time. I mean, everything worked out just magically for me, considering that, um, we were, it was just me and my parents just kind of figuring it out the whole time. So people would hand us the cards. We had all of these cards from random schools, like UCLA, wherever else, blah, blah. blah. And we would, we didn't call them at all until after I recruit, I got recruited to Fresno state, which was pretty much something that just made complete sense at the time. Um, they had the money, they had the facilities. It was just like a right place at a right time. I met coach Ford and she was like, awesome. She felt like a mom Mm -hmm. somewhere where going so far away from home, never being away from Hawaii and my family like that before my parents trusted her. I trusted her to take care of me. So that's where ultimately that, um, decision made the most sense. But yeah. And then we figured out afterwards that once a coach hands you the card, you're supposed to email or call them. So, <laughs> I mean, no regrets on Fresno, but just really funny on the way that it was just like everything was just meant to be. And so, we just really had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so any recruits that are listening to this, if you get a card, call them. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give them a call. They're probably really interested to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yes. Uh, yeah. So what do you remember about getting there in the fall to Fresno state in the fall of uh, 2015? Oh, I remember that our team was amazing. I mean, that, that freshman year was probably one of the best teams that I've played on. Um, Joe Compton was one of the other pitchers. I had uh, four other, uh, three, three other senior pitchers on the staff um, with Jill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a lot of people to learn from. And that's where the, it's funny because everybody carries the YouTube pitcher narrative. Mm-hmm. But this is where I really started to go from good to great. So I think that once I hit my college years, I was blessed and in a, another crazy way to have a different pitching coach every single year that I was in a college system. So wow, um, every year. Yeah. So my freshman year was Trisha Ford. She was amazing when it came down to breaking down my mechanics and kind of resetting me in that way and teaching me like 
what was right from wrong in the way that my body was set up. So we really started fresh my freshman year. So she kind of erased a lot of things for me. uh, And we started with fastballs again and kind of just going from there. And then slowly, once my mechanics and my timing was a little bit better, she would implement, okay, you can add your curve in, you can add your rise in, let's add your change up in now. So it was funny because I actually started out the season throwing only fastballs in all of my games, which I thought was ridiculous what? at the college level. Wow. But I mean, it really, it really ended up um, working out in my favor later on along the road, kind of just making sure that I was reset with my timing there um, to the best of that abilities. My next year I had Jody Cox. So she was really good at um, helping me pinpoint. It's funny because every coach I've had was really different. Jody Cox was really good at helping me pinpoint, um, location, Mm. everything was location, location, location. So when it came to hitting a quarter off of a a stick, I could probably have done it my sophomore year. Um, I was that good at location. Uh, so definitely really thankful. My first year was mechanics. Second year was location. My third year was with, um, Chuck Darcy. He coached the Olympic team, the USA team. He was a really awesome coach as well. Uh, everything with him was speed, speed, speed. So that's where I went from low 60s to like mid to upper 60s my junior year um, and definitely faced some, some coaches like Oregon. I, I know I had some reviews from them and they were like, wow, we didn't know she pitched this fast and in person. It's so much faster. And it was it was definitely thanks to um, Chuck and all, all he harped on was speed. He was like, doesn't matter where it goes, just fly it in there. And luckily I had my mechanics and then my spotting. So then that's where I started to really put everything together. And then my senior year was Angelica Selden, who played at UCLA. And she was another amazing coach. Just had some really stacked coaches that I was able to be coached by my college career, where she kind of went more so into spin, spin, deception, uh, mental game. So that's where my senior year, um, I learned my drop ball from scratch that year and Im- implemented it that year as well. So wow. it became one of my strongest pitches. And that's where I had four different coaches that taught me four completely different styles. So when it comes down to like things that um, I understand about pitching, I could probably help teach any type of pitcher and kind of relate to them in any way. So really <laughs> thankful. And I mean, known as the YouTube pitcher up until college. And then yeah. once I got to college, I was blessed with the absolute best so that's they helped crazy. out there as well that's crazy yeah. like i've been i've been pitching for over 30 years and i could not imagine starting from scratch as a freshman like you said like you know throwing fastballs like yeah you know what i mean crazy. like i could not mm-hmm. imagine starting from scratch like that and the fact that you got you know four amazing pitching coaches over four years like that's awesome yeah, it was, it was really cool. So I learned a lot really quick. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you know how it is with pitching, you have your style. Mm. It's something that you, you stick to. And yep. my, my style has always been a little, um, janky and a little, I, I think I would call it like, uh, I don't know, it just like very choppy. Um, so kind of yep. threw some hitters off, but for the most part, all of the coaches did a really good job of trying to get me in like a good place where I was just really consistent. And then I could really feel what the difference was on every single pitch and make sure that it was going exactly where I needed it to go. Right on. Well, Mm -hmm. let's go back to the freshman year there. Uh, Do you remember your first game that you saw action against Seattle University? Oh, 
man. I don't remember that game, but I do remember my very first game in the fall, which was against the, the USA Florida Pride team, professional team. They threw me in there. That was our very first game of the entire season. We had a sold Get out crowd. Out of here. Of, really? Yes. Yep. Whoa. Sold out crowd of over like 2,000 people. They threw me in that game and I was very much unprepared because <laughs> that was such a, such a big game. And I was a freshman and we what? just got there and it was in the fall and we were playing the professional team and actually doing really well. And there was four, three other pitchers on the four pitchers that were seniors on the staff. So I was kicking back, like enjoying the dugout, eating some snacks and thinking like, <laughs> wow, this is so fun to watch. All of our seniors do great things. And Coach Ford had her plan from the get go. She knew that she was going to make me a starter from the, from the beginning. So mm -hmm. she threw me in there and. And I just remember like totally blanking, like just blacking out. It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. That, here you go, freshman. You're 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 facing the pride. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that that uh, well, the, fir the your first official NCAA game, I guess, against Seattle University. You got the win. Classic. You Good threw, time. <laughs> you threw three innings, allowed two hits, struck out three. So I mean. Hey, there you go. It's Just a fun, fun facts for you. Um, <laughs> fun facts for myself. <laughs> what would you say was the biggest uh, thing you took away from that freshman season? I'd say there was so much from that freshman season. I mean, our team was pretty much unstoppable um, throughout the whole season. We almost went undefeated through conference and had a crazy run um, overall throughout the year. I'd say that I really learned a lot from the girls on that team about grit. I mean, our team was just gritty. We may not have had the most talented team, but we definitely worked the hardest. Um, practices there were crazy and unlike something that I've ever experienced yet. Um, so I'd say that Fresno State had the hardest practices. We worked the hardest there and it definitely showed because we almost hosted a regional. We were so close and that would have been such a major upset um, for a mid-major to host a regional for mm. the first time in years at that point. So um, it was probably one of my favorite experiences was that, that freshman year. Right on. Now, sophomore season, things seem to really start clicking for you. You'd be named Mountain West pitcher of the year mm -hmm. as, as well as all Mountain West first team. Uh, what was it that led to the big improvement? Do you think? Yeah. Sophomore, sophomore year was, uh, kind of just one of those things where we, we didn't really have a choice. Um, uh, my freshman year, I did a really good job of complimenting Jill Compton, who was the starting senior pitcher. Um, and I would pitch, I would start on Saturdays and come in on Sundays if needed. So, or I would come in on Fridays and Sundays if needed. So it was kind of just like me and her were going back and forth. I was the number two and then sophomore year came and it was kind of just like, everyone was like, okay, here you go. Like, this is your time to step into your number one role. Um, and that's where uh, halfway through the season, they made the decision to just give the ball only to me. So that's a, um, that's for, a pretty good feeling though. I mean, that, you know, as a pitcher, like to have that responsibility, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. It was just like one of those things where there was no other choice. So I was ready to go. And it's one of those things when you know that they're only going to give the ball to you, you're kind of mentally prepared for yeah. it. Unlike wondering like, Oh, am I going to start today? I mean, is somebody else going to start today? It's like, Oh, wake up in the morning. I'm starting today. Like mindset's already there. So yeah. it, it was probably beneficial in some ways for that, but my arm was falling off, but I, I didn't care. We were all on a mission to go to regionals no matter what. So our team grinded it out, um, ended up going 
uh, and killing like the last month and a half or two months of season uh, and just dominating all of the teams that we were playing and then ended up going to regionals that year. So that was a really fun year and a year that I learned um, a lot about myself and just a lot about being gritty and playing college ball. And that's where I totally gained the confidence and knew forever that I was like, I can hang with any college team. I mean, I, I pitched to so many different teams that year. It was, it was so much fun. Right on. So you transferred to university of California the following season, uh, mm-hmm. two parter here for you. What led to the transfer? How tough of a decision was it? Yeah, that was probably the hardest decision that I've, um, made in my life up until that point. That was the biggest decision I had ever made too. Uh, one leaving Fresno state. It was definitely, I mean, I love Fresno to this day, the school, the community. I mean, I, I went back as a coach for Cal, um, during my fifth year at Cal and I was wearing all Cal gear and I walked into a store and they were like, Hey, aren't you the Fresno state pitcher? And I was like wearing my Cal gear. I was like, Oh, what do you mean? And they're like, you pitched at Fresno state, right? I was like, you remember me? I was like, oh my God, Fresno area is built different. Like wow. the athletes there, like, yeah, it's totally like an athletic community. It's just such something that is unbeatable. That's and sick. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I love Fresno. I mean, I love the place so much. And they took a chance on me when I was recruited pretty late in the process. So it was really hard for me to say goodbye to Fresno because I love them so much. But um, just a few like disagreements really thought that it was right to like look out for myself and do what what was best for my future um just some things uh that I felt like I outgrew from the program Mm -hmm. and then switched over I mean going through the transfer process the first decision was extremely hard I mean I cried for like a week two weeks Mm -hmm. just on leaving and then after that I had to make the decision of where to go um and thanks to my good friend Danielle O'Toole who I played with in Athletes Unlimited Pro Season she had just transferred right before me, I think two years before me, and she was the Mountain West Pitcher of the Year. So coming out of the Mountain West as the Pitcher of the Year and see everybody seeing how great Danielle O'Toole did when she transferred to University of Arizona, um, I pretty much had my pick of where I wanted to go because, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody saw the stats. Everybody saw um, the last Mountain West Pitcher of the Year came out and then ended up doing amazing. So it was insane. Like I, I had such a quick turnaround of trying to figure out where I wanted to go. I did a visit to university of Arizona and then I did a visit to Berkeley ultimately ended up deciding to go to Berkeley, um, for the education. I mean, the campus was really just my vibe. Everything about it was just, um, I mean, there's water nearby being a girl from Hawaii. It was hard to even think about leaving California and going to Arizona and all of that. Middle of the the desert. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny now because I've traveled the entire world, lived in Chicago, playing pro and all of these things where now it wouldn't have mattered. But back then as, as sophomore comma going to junior comma, I was like, Oh my gosh, what a big move. Like, what am I going to (laughs) do? So I was like, I'm just going to stay in-house, stay in California. Um, UC Berkeley is an, an amazing education and such a great opportunity to play in the Pac-12 as well. So yeah. that's where I decided to go on there. So how was campus life there? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, such a such a different dynamic from Fresno State. Um, I really uh, thought, how, how much harder could UC Berkeley be? I mean, college is college, right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It grade deflation, which is something I didn't even know existed, where if 99% of the people in your class get 
a score that's higher than yours, then you get the lowest grade in the class. It's crazy. What? Instead of, yeah. So, I mean, you could get a 94%, but if everybody else gets a 95, you get the lowest score in the class and then they judge it according to that. And that's how you get your grading scale. Oh, I'd be screwed. Oh yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's such a, <laughs> it, it was something that I, yeah, it was such a hard, um, it was, it was really good at, for growth purposes, yeah, but in terms yeah. of like traveling as an athlete and being really stressed out, asking people for notes. I mean, people would be like, no, we're not going to give you the notes. Like <laughs> some of the random students, because they're like, if you get a better score than me, right. like we're, we're competing against each other. Yeah. So it was such a, a crazy, crazy competitive dynamic. So all the way around competing in the pack 12 against the best teams, competing in the classroom against the best students. It was something that made me grow light years ahead of what, <laughs> what I was ready for at the time, but yeah. I'm so thankful for it now. So was there a bit of adjustment coming to a new school and team or was the transition, you know, pretty smooth? Transition was pretty smooth. I mean, the Cal softball team was amazing. I knew uh, Zoe Conley. We were kind of friends through social media. So she was reaching out and she was really open for me to come and play on their team. And then when I got there, all of the girls were so happy. I mean, Zoe was similar to me the year before where she kind of had the ball every single game. So she was so thankful that I was there and I was thankful that I didn't have to have the ball every game as yeah. well. So yeah. both of our arms wouldn't be falling off. So it was definitely a match made in heaven where we were so, we were like, yes, okay, we got this. And that junior year had a really good team. I think that we, we may have dropped the ball a little bit in the end at regionals because we were picked to upset and go into supers uh, everybody really thought we were coming out of that regional, but I mean, overall junior year was such a good year too. That was mm. a great one. That was fun. Right on. Uh, a couple things I want to touch on, on your time with the golden bears first, throwing a perfect game against UTEP in none other than your mm -hmm. home state of Hawaii. Walk us through that one because that's amazing. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, what are the odds? First time I ever played in front of my entire family. Mm. First time I ever played in my home state as a collegiate athlete and just, just crazy. I mean, um, I didn't even know it was a perfect game until I got to the, the last inning and everybody was kind of at the edge of their chair. Um, and I started to look around and I was like, Oh my goodness, why is everyone like acting like this? This is the last inning we're winning. Like there's no way they're going to catch up. Yeah. And then I realized it's because I had three balls on the batter and everyone's like, are you seriously going to lose your perfect game because you're going to walk someone right now? So then I finally realized it. I start stressing out. So I just kept hammering the ball down the middle. Yeah. I was like, if this girl's going to, if I'm going to mess this up, it's going to be because she hits it. So I just keep throwing the ball. I felt like I threw at least at least four balls where she just kept fouling it off. And I was like, she just kept opening the door for me to throw a ball and walk her. So I was so stressed in that moment. And then she finally, I think she might've popped it up or something like that. And then ended up getting the perfect game. And it was just, it was crazy. I mean, all of the hard work that I had put in all of those years, all of those years of being locked out of the house, um, <laughs> like traveling the summers on sleeping on air mattresses, all the, the times that I had with my family and they were finally there to see one of the biggest moments in my career mm. um perfect game is like a unicorn i mean it i feel like it picks you 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 can't pick the perfect game it picks you i 100%, mean you, you yeah. know that yeah. <laughs> like you can do everything right on your end but i mean if if there's an error on the field i mean everything has to just work perfectly if the umpire makes a bad call at first you, it can ruin your perfect game so 
it was kind of just like all of those years of hard work just really like came full circle and that was a packed game so a ton of people saw and um it was also my birthday and my mom's birthday that weekend that we had the same birthday oh so my god it was, yeah it was crazy it was like written in the stars it was That's amazing crazy. so uh, mm-hmm. actually after you know after it happened and, and it all sunk in and actually looking back now like right now are you, are you still like holy shit i threw a perfect game in my home state yeah it just doesn't even feel real like it's just so it's just funny it's almost comedy to me like who wrote that script because it was perfect (laughs) oh man that's unreal like yeah my whole family was there to watch it was it was insane (laughs) no doubt now Mm -hmm. your senior season like you said before you ended the arizona wildcats 21 game winning streak also Mm -hmm. defeated the eventual women's college world series champion ucla bruins um Safe to say you enjoy pitching in big game situations? <laughs> it's safe to say that we rise to the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was such a that was a crazy year as well. I mean, I learned so much. Um and our team battled so hard. I feel like uh we we had a lot of things going on behind the scenes where we really had to band together as a team. And I, I'm really proud of the way that the team worked and the way that um everyone kind of came together. I think that I obviously wish that it would have ended on a better script of right. uh, going to the Women's College World Series or something crazy like that. But I mean, I, I couldn't really ask for more out of that season. Um, and I, I know that I personally gave my all for my team, for my coaches, for the Cal fans and all of those. Um, and just for myself, too. So um, couldn't couldn't have asked for more. I mean, yeah, I'd agree when you say that I rose to the big occasions that that year, <laughs> put yeah. some really good games against some of the top teams. I guess you did. Jesus. Holy cow. <laughs> so what was your biggest thing you took away from your time at Berkeley? <clears throat> my time at Berkeley? Um, I'd say my senior season with um, Jelly, Angelica Seldon, our pitching coach, was probably one of the biggest takeaways aside from, I mean the education there and the school life there uh, probably learning from her was probably one of my biggest takeaways. Definitely one of the most interesting pitching coaches I've ever had the chance to, to play for, to learn from. I mean, she, everything about her was about physics, momentum, motion, um, just your body working as a whole, your mindset and kind of, kind of just, um, less mechanics and less like throw the ball here and there and more so feeling the ball, making sure that your fingers are in the right positioning and kind of the science and physics and math behind everything. So I thought that dealing with um, jelly was probably one of my favorite takeaways of my senior year for sure. Right on. I got to ask about the Puerto Rican national team. Uh, So fun. I, (laughs) My initial question was, how did it all come about? But you said that your dad was Puerto Rican. So I'm guessing that's where the whole connection is. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So my papa is, uh, is my mom. Oh, your papa. Yes. Sorry. My mom's dad. dad so my yeah. grandpa is Puerto Rican. He was like huge into that. I mean, it's funny. He played on a team called the Puerto Ricans and everything. So <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it was it was really just once again, I'm not sure who's in charge of this life script that I have, but they're re- doing a great job of really like full circle. Moments, Absolutely. I mean. <laughs> so ended up um, talking to Morgan Flores from University of Washington. She's a catcher. Yep. She was playing on the team at the time. And she told me like, hey, if you're Puerto Rican, I think that I mean, I talked to our team. I think that we would really be interested in having you come out and 
come out for the Puerto Rican national team. And I thought that that was so cool. This was before the Olympics was even announced. So I was about, I was just going out there for the fact of playing on the national team and being with all of these girls and Mm -hmm. all of that. So went out to the tryouts. Um, It was crazy because it was a list of over like a hundred names. And then they broke it down to a certain amount of names that were invited to come try out. And then uh, ended up, cutting the list all the way down from that hundred initial hundred plus initial number all the way down to, I think it was 15 or 17, something like that. So it was, man, that was one of the most stressful moments ever. Um, there were some amazing people that were over there at the tryouts. Um, and then ultimately ended up making the Puerto Rican national team. And then the rest was history from there. I mean, it's been, yeah, playing up for Puerto Rico has been another highlight of my life for sure. Yeah. Now you'd have some pretty good success with them. 2018 gold medal at the Central American Caribbean games and bronze at 2019 Pan Am games. How, Mm -hmm. how special are those two medals for you? Oh, those medals are insane. Those, those don't even feel real. I mean, thinking about being in the Olympic village, the opening ceremonies of those, I mean, meeting the type of people that were at those villages um, just people who are currently competing in the Olympics, playing against the best of the best of yeah. around the world. Um, it's something that is kind of undescribable and something that I i don't think I've ever felt so proud to, to play for, for something across my chest, because I mean, Puerto Rico supported us continuously. I mean, everyone was so happy and so supportive and they, they take so much pride in their national team. So I'm just thankful that I could be a small part of just that whole experience and bringing home some medals for, for the Island. That's awesome. Freaking right. Like, uh, like going forward though, is, do you plan on being at the next WBSCs with Puerto Rico? Yeah. So as of right now, I mean, I just actually got off the phone the other day. Um, the president for the, uh, Puerto Rican Olympic committee, called me and was just like, Hey, so next year we have a lot of things to qualify for. Um, just wanted to make sure that you're still in. And it's like, obviously I am. So I mean, next year for sure is going to be a huge softball year. Um, so I'm super excited. I mean, said yes to Puerto Rico. So that's a, that's happening for sure. And then probably going to go ahead and jump back on AU, uh, after this, this was just like a really nice break year where, Mm -hmm kind of just putting all my ducks in a row financially, getting that business experience and then hopping back in hardcore on the software softball side right next on. year. So mm-hmm. before we get on the last segment, I obviously, I need to talk about athletes unlimited. I rave about it on here all the time. I love uh, it. How fun was that first season for you? That was probably the most fun I've had in a long time playing softball. It looked I like mean, everybody was, everybody looked like they were having the time of their lives. Oh, totally. I mean, we were treated like world-class treatment. I mean, that was probably the first thing that made us all really happy to be there. Um, ESPN, CBS coverage, uh, sponsored by Nike Mm -hmm. and all of these large companies, everything was done really well, really quality. So I think that, I think just that alone already put all of us in a good headspace of feeling like a real professional athlete and wanting to perform like one as well. So Um, I think that was all really cool, really just set the foundation of all of us being there. And then the fact that we were trapped in a bubble, I think even made it better because we were all forced to be with each other 100% of the time. So Mm -hmm. 
got super, super close to the other 56 girls that were there. Um, ended up coming out of that inaugural season like family. Um, so really close to everyone that was there that first year. And then, I mean, it was just pure, pure fun. I mean, playing and knowing that everything you do translates into money. What, like, what a cool concept. Really though, softball. unreal. Like that, con- right? that like, concept was amazing. Yeah. Makes it so fun. I would love to see it put into like some of the large men's sports as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like seeing Steph Curry and um, LeBron James play on the same team. How fun would that be? <laughs> Yeah, not for their their, their opponents. <laughs> <laughs> right? Definitely not. Like, it's never going to happen if it's not like a fantasy league. Yeah. So, I mean, similar to, to this team, I mean, you've got some collabs in the yeah. Athletes Unlimited softball um, pro league that you would have never seen ever. And it, I think that was the really fun part for fans and for, for us as athletes as well, getting to know each other on levels that we, we wouldn't have mm-hmm. um, normally. Speaking of fans, how great is it going to be to have fans in there for season two? Oh my gosh, I think that's going to be amazing. Mm. I think, oh wow, yeah, playing playing last season was pretty funny. Um, they would actually play, um, just like yeah. <laughs> clapping noises and like rowdy noises. Yeah, Morgan brought that up. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure who was who was actually in charge of all of that, but. <laughs> Like when, when in intense moments, they would play like intense, like cheers. And I was like, who is up there like <laughs> dictating like, yeah. the cheering? <laughs> who knows what's going on? They did a good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So you, obviously you must be, you know, pretty stoked for, for season two. Yeah, I'm stoked for season two. So I'm actually taking the year off from Athletes Unlimited this year. Oh, are you? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm taking the year off this year. Uh, like I was saying, when I, when I said I was head down and making sure that I have all of my ducks in a row and taking the year off, I, I meant like all the way around. So okay. I think I'm probably going to re re up my training in the next few months here. I mean, I've had tons of people contacting, I mean, even Puerto Rico. Um, I usually play in like a, a small semi pro league that they have out there. And they were like, are you coming out again this year? And they were like, what do you mean you're taking the year off? So, oh. I mean, it was kind of a shocker to everyone and I haven't really publicly announced it. Um, hey, I just got the, I just got the scoop people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you got the scoops that, um, Kamala Zung is announcing that she is taking the year off, um, <laughs> yeah. of softball. I mean, I already have my things lined up for next year to come back, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, being a part of that inaugural season, it feels like I'm still a part of everything. Yeah. I mean, um, everyone's so excited and I, I'm i pretty stoked. I almost want to go fly out just to go and see everyone at some point um, if I'm back on the continental mainland at any point soon. Right um, I, I honestly, yeah. th- I think the those games are going to be packed because, I mean, look at the reception that it, it had you know, just from that first season, I, I have no doubt that the games are going to be packed there. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. I know that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be sad when they don't see me playing. I, I, I really, really enjoyed, um, just the coverage that they had. I mean, I gained a ton of new followers and fans that were like, come on, he's been one of our favorite players, like such a, such a great person to meet after the first year of AU. So it, that was so fun in in that case of um, playing ball at the highest level and with all of these girls and getting the chance to kind of just cross fans as well. I mean, mm-hmm. people that 
would not have ever seen us otherwise. Right on. All right. That's how we end every podcast. It's called uh, Player Association. I'm going to throw out a name to you. You can say as much or as little about them as you want. It's up to you. Hey. Oh. <laughs> you see. <laughs> First one. Dominique Jackson. <laughs> Dominique Jackson. Um, crazy. Absolutely insane. One of the most underrated hitters that went through the NCAA. I'm going to say that. Put my name on it. I'll stand by that till the day I die. Nice. Dominique Jackson, my freshman year, went absolutely off. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, next is Mariko Kondo. Mariko Kondo. Oh my goodness. My girl, one of my best friends that I met from Cal. Um, just, just a rock. Probably the only reason I sur survived UC Berkeley, if we're being completely honest oh, here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She saved you from a few things or. <laughs> yep. She, she, she was my mom, my everything, my, um, <laughs> my, I was definitely very happy that we ended up being roommates. She transferred into UC Berkeley too, at the same time. And then we were roommates for our remainder of our time there. So right on quality gal. Awesome. Next is, uh, Kiana Diaz. Kiana Diaz. I have no comment there. <laughs> Oh, okay. I actually don't know who that is. Really? I thought she's on the Puerto Rican national team with you. No, I think she might have been on the baby team. Oh, well, look at me and my research. That's terrible. Kiana <laughs> 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 listening to this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kiana Diaz. Who is Kiana Diaz? <laughs> Quality girl. Yeah, awesome. Hey. If she's on the... If she's on the Puerto Rican national team, she's amazing. Hey, hey, I hey, love everyone that I've met in that program. Hey, Kiana Diaz, if you're listening, what up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, Jasmine Jackson. Oh, my goodness. Life of the party. One of my best friends. Amazing. Got my back 100%. She's part of my rod group, which we call each other rods, ride or dies. Mm. Um just a lifelong friend, hundred percent. Amazing. Very smart. No, not a lot of people know that she graduated from Haas business school, which is like one of the best business schools in the world. Really? I, I never mm -hmm. knew that. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Last, I let her talk about you. So it's only fitting Morgan. How? Ah, my girl, man, I really, I, I just adore Morgan. I mean, she always hypes me up. She loves me so much. And I, the feeling is so mutual. I used to play so many pranks on her when we were in <laughs> Fresno State together. I mean, one time I pretended that we were in a robbery or she was in her room and I pretended the house was getting robbed and she was texting our group chat and nobody was replying. And she's like, I think someone's stealing things. And we were like <laughs> slamming everything everywhere. And then she came out like <laughs> she came out of the room crying and just opened the door. And we were all crying, laughing because we were like, what was your game plan there? Like, if you genuinely thought a robber was out here and you came out just crying with nothing. And we, we all just like <laughs> laughed together. Like to this day, it's still like one of our favorite things to talk about. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I will say so this. Fun. Morgan has a potty mouse on her. She was on here and she was dropping F-bombs and everything. I was like, what are you doing? Actually, I didn't care. <laughs> it was all good. No, no, she's she's the best. Oh, my God. Oh, that's wicked. Anyway, Kama, I got to thank you so much for coming on here. This has been such a wicked episode. And, uh, you know, I wish you nothing but success in whatever you're doing 
off the diamond, on the diamond, anything you do, nothing but success. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I've had so much fun on this podcast. This was definitely a little bit different than my normal podcast that I'm on. So this was a really fun one. Yeah, I like to keep it real, right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Thanks so much. I mean, definitely going to be keeping in contact. And I mean, next year, I'll give you shout outs when I'm playing. I'll be like, hey, hey, hey. Perfect. <laughs> Can you give me all your followers as well? I mean, I'll take all your followers on our, on all yeah, of our we'll social do. media accounts. <laughs> Anyway, comment. Thanks. <laughs> thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. You better quit while you're ahead. Oh, that's what I said. Oh, you're better off dead. I told you. Yeah. Hey, I did. You I did. better quit while you're ahead. Now, a lot of MCs walking with no knees. They persistent with fucking with me. I'm just that real laid back, chill back, smoking them trees. But yo, I turn into some African bees. If they're fucking with me, I'm unmatched, unpassing, sway back up. Up on them blocks, rocking MCM hats, just spitting at these people like I'm swinging a bat at Scarborough Village, where the village was at. All them girls in them boom boom shots, where they wanted it at. Yo, I ain't bragging, I'm just spitting the facts. No exaggeration, no gripping on my balls for jaw. My Big Mac with no lettuce or sauce. Now my collarbone is filled with stars. It got stripes down the arm, got class in the cut. Pull the pin up the bomb, brother. Yo, so let them horns blow. Your repping is here because you all asked for it. So, yo. I told ya. I told ya. Now speaking mathematically, there's no comparing to my strategy Trying to measure up, I appreciate the flattery But half of these rappers are half of a beat backwards Claiming they on point, man Check the stats first I've dropped 12 albums with at least 12 songs In the last 12 years, do the math right there That's 144 on a one a month average And that don't even count what I produce for other rappers Done five tours with 20 shows or more And that's only dating back to 2004 Let's not forget the other years that don't apply to Now name another rapper tour in Canada like I do, I know I am on the top of this, and I know I have many accomplices. If the numbers add up, you can't get rid of me. So, kid, know your past, your future will be history. Downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.